Hi, good afternoon. My partner, Walkie Singson, and I are here today to talk about the environmental impacts of our agricultural sector and easy alternatives to those. But of course, Walkie and I, being the younglings that we are, we still have a lot to learn ourselves. So we wanted to bring in a local expert. So please welcome the founder and CEO of Manila Groupets and the incoming president of Slow Food Youth Network, Sir Carlo. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi, okay. So, Sir yeah. Carlo, I think sure. maybe first you want to give us an overview of what exactly is Manila Grokets for those who aren't familiar? Yeah, um, well, a brief introduction and brief interview. Um, so we're a small company, a uh, local company based here in Metro Manila. What we do is basically we sell a grow kit. A grow kit is a simple box complete with everything you need to grow your plants. Uh, this is coming from my personal experience. Uh, the family business is actually in the family business is actually in agriculture. For the longest time, uh, we've been selling organic fertilizers. But my um, inclination personally is towards the advertising and the arts. So long story short, I got bored with the family business because you know when you're trying to sell organic fertilizers, you, your customers doesn't really care about your packaging, how you how you sell it. All they care about is if it's effective, if it's affordable, and if it's available. So lo and behold, uh, I think this was 2015 when I decided to embark on a, a personal project, which is basically uh, grow kits. And uh, I've been trying to use it really to just express my creativity as an outlet for my creativity. Uh, initially, I was the one designing the boxes, the, the collaterals, and whatnots. And I started selling it. Um, and then I can still remember this. Uh, it was um, 2016 when I got the first prototype of Manila Grow Kids. And what's funny is for the longest time, I've been with the family business engaged in agriculture, but I have never really planted anything. Like I have zero knowledge with agriculture or planting. So I tried the, the Grow Kit. During that time, it was still a prototype. And I can remember it was basil. And I tried sewing it. And... Kinabukasan, I was waiting for it to sprout and walang nag-sprout. And I'm like, I think it's, it, it's a failed project for me. But eventually, of course, just like the nature does, um, a seed can usually take around three to four days to germinate. And I think on the third day, it, it, the seed germinated. And I remember telling myself that it was so powerful because first time I saw an opportunity and it's like telling myself that, hey, I'm actually capable of growing something, of making something live. And I think that was the turning point for Manila Grow Kids because coming from a small passion project, we saw the potential on how it can change perspective of the young ones. I was young at that time, <laughs> of the young ones towards agriculture and farming. And that's when we tried to develop it. Currently, Manila Grow Kids is being run by a group of friends. Basically, they are my classmates from my MBA. And we're all young. <laughs> and initially, we tried to position Manila Grow Kits and our Grow Kits as a gift item. But we're slowly pivoting towards education. So now we're actually engaged in uh, human resource activation. We're also in some of the schools here in Metro Manila. Uh, we created a Grow Kit specifically for the schools uh, as a snap onto their curriculum. So uh, we have a specific kind of Grow Kit we're in it is for educational purposes. So yeah, 
Long story short, Mineral Grow Kids is an urban gardening company. Basically, our objective is to see the difference and to empower young ones to start growing their own food, basically. That is super fun. Um, I think both Walkie and I, um, we agree that something that's kind of lacking in agriculture and in terms of like environment and its connection to food, people aren't educated enough. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially about like as a country that gets, you know, a lot of its economy from agriculture and fishing and the food industry in general. Um, we think it's important as well to kind of grow on that. That's true. Um, and to go, yeah, to go to just to give you also an insight, when we launched back in 2016, and I think it will be very interesting for you, uh, we we actually surveyed. Um, and, and it was a simple survey. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. We conducted a simple survey wherein we asked 100 respondents living in Metro Manila, one simple question. We asked them, what do you think about farming and gardening in general? I said, like, in general, what do you feel about farming and gardening? And we surveyed those within the group, uh, age range, the same as ours. At the time, I was 20, 26. So we, we kind of like targeted uh, millennials. At the time, and while we're waiting for the results to come in, we're very confident. Na sabi ng alam nito sa group na parang feeling ko 80% okay in perspective. But as it turns out, almost 85 to 90% of those living in Metro Manila, young ones at that, have negative connotation about farming. Uh, some of them said we we actually recorded their responses, and some of them said. Why do you have to farm? You can easily buy vegetables in the grocery, but, and some of them said. Farming is not for me because I can post it on Instagram. Some also said farming is hot. It's just getting your hands dirty. So we're kind of like interested where this is coming from. And we dug deeper. We, we conducted research. And we actually stumbled upon um, uh, statistics coming from UPLB, which is basically the biggest agriculture college here in the Philippines. Back in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, back in 1985, almost 50% kalahati na nag-enroll sa UPLB are taking agriculture-related courses. Back in 1999, it was down to 40%. So sabi namin, okay, just 10% decrease. But back in 2012, only 4.7% are actually enrolling in agriculture-related courses. It's not even half. It's not even one-fourth. It was just a fraction of what it originally was back in the 80s. So... You know, that, that kind of disconnect with the young ones and, and, and I think with farming and agriculture really pushed Manila Grow Kids to, to tap schools and the youth basically to give them a different perspective about agriculture because our insight was ayo ng mga batang agricultura because madumi and pangit. That's the very reason why if you try to look at Manila Grow Kids, we try to make it as Instagrammable as possible. Because we know for a fact that our target market are the young ones. And the young ones are very much into social media. If it's not gonna, if it's not pasok sa curation ng, ng wall nila, they'll, not, they'll never gonna buy it. And I'm sure you guys can, can, um, can relate to that. So yeah, that's basically the, the insight, the research, uh, why Manila Grow Kids is doing our marketing in such a way in really tapping the young ones like you guys. Yeah, that's so true. No, if it's not Instagrammable, everybody's like, ew. Yeah. Oh, but um, yeah. 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 Going back to what you said, though, about how when you did your survey and then you had some people say like, oh, I don't need to do urban gardening. Like, I can just buy at the grocery. I think maybe people don't realize the 
benefits to the environment and you know even the cost benefits of doing That's urban true. gardening you think maybe you can outline some of those for our listeners yeah um first and foremost i think it's really important for me to define urban gardening i know i know it's it's really simple when you when you try to think about it as urban gardening and but whenever i whenever i give my talk and ask an audience what they think about urban gardening number one is sinasabi nila is always potted plants which is wrong uh, strictly speaking urban gardening is whenever you plant in the urban setting so whenever you're planting uh food basically vegetables or indoor plants you're basically doing urban gardening and there are a lot of benefits or of urban gardening rather and container gardening as i've said is just one um First, I think andaming uh, andaming kinds of urban gardening that you can think of. What the most popular is basically container gardening. Ito yung manakikita niyo sa pots. We also have uh, community gardening, wherein nagiging uso na rin siya in the Philippines. We started looking at uh, community gardening. Uh, medyo uso siya in the states and in Europe. Basically, uh, community gardening is merong piece of land, say for example, in your village and a community takes care of it and what they do is usually they just share um, they share the the produce coming from it other than that i think one misconception of people with urban gardening is they always think it's just potted it's just small but truth of the matter is currently here in the philippines i have a lot of farmer friends who have one of the biggest and most uh, technologically advanced um, urban gardening systems Uh, currently here in the Philippines. And uh, one in particular is the one in Tanay. One misconception I think about urban gardening is they always think it's so small. Pero I'm just going to show you some of the pictures. Green rooms and urban gardening complexes is a thing also in the Philippines. A couple of malls in the country are now embracing green rooms and urban gardening complexes on top of their uh, malls. One in particular I think is um, an Ayala Mall here in Quezon City. They're doing that. Basically, just to uh, insulate the 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 building or the mall. But I'm just going to show you a, a picture. This one is in Tanay Rizal. This is really just trying to expand your perspective on urban gardening. Urban gardening is not just potted plants. It can also look like this one. This one is in uh, Rizal, if I'm not mistaken. It's just 800 square meters, but the objective of this particular farm is to produce vegetables equivalent to one hectare. So this is really trying to expand the horizon of uh, for you guys that urban gardening is not just potted plants. We also have some of systems, cool looking systems like aquaponics and hydroponic systems. Again, these are all in the Philippines. Uh, these are the good guys from It Urban Greens. They have the most cool looking uh, aquaponics and uh, hydroponics towers. And siguro may po, and I think I'll just show some of the pictures. These are aquaponic systems. Again, these are all available here in the country right now. My point, uh, my point here really is, um, since we started back in 2016, a lot of progress and technology are now available for you guys to explore your green thumbs, if you want to call it that way. But it is so much easier for you guys now to cultivate and start growing your own food given all the technologies available at such cheap prices. Uh, like say, for example, um, back in 2015, 2016, if you're living in a condominium and you don't have access to sunlight, basically chances are you cannot grow anything. If you want to grow something, you need to buy 
uh, a growing light. A growing light is, well, basically, it's a multicolored light that permits plants to thrive even in low-light situation indoors. And back in 2015, indoor lights can um, cost you as high as 3,500 per bulb. But now, if you try to check uh, Lazada, you can actually purchase growing lights for 350 pesos. So it's really easy for you guys to start growing your plants right now. A lot of technology, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, interventions that you can actually use uh, to start growing your plants. But I want to focus more on the urban gardening benefits since you asked this a while ago. Basically, it increases food security. Um, I know you guys are well aware uh, the very reason why we're in, at Zoom right now is because of the pandemic, right? And initial reaction of people when uh, the lockdown happened is where I need to stock up on food, right? Because all of a sudden people suddenly realized the advantages and the benefits of knowing how to grow your own food because ang hirap ng pagkain, vegetables is really so hard to find. And all, all these people are actually looking at, uh, at um, say, for example, Manila Grow Kids, to teach them how to grow their own food. So it, it really increases food security for everyone if you know how to grow your own food. Second is, of course, reducing carbon emissions. This is basically connected with our... I, I know with your age, guys, um, the objective of, your, of the youth right now is really to be part of something big, of something revolutionary, of something, rehabilit something that rehabilitates Mother Earth. And... Knowing how to grow your own plants basically reduces carbon emissions. Uh, say, for example, you're trying to grow tomatoes, which is basically one of the easiest uh, plants to grow in your condominium. Um, and it only takes you, what, uh, three to four steps for you to harvest your, your vegetables, your tomatoes. That's basically helping uh, reduce carbon emissions by means of waiting for a tomato coming from uh, Baguio, say, for example, or the provinces, it, it, it takes gas, gasoline, and of course, a lot of energy for them to arrive here in Metro Manila. But if you know how to grow your own plants, you're actually helping reduce carbon emissions. Uh, third is community building. Uh, as I've said, um, it can be a start of conversation within a community, within a family. And we've seen a lot of family members, moms and dads, really trying to purchase grow kits, and they want to involve their kids on how to start planting. And I guess this is one of the best benefits of urban gardening. It creates a community. It creates um, a dialogue for people to talk about uh, the future of food, uh, the future of agriculture, basically. And of course, it provides a learning opportunity. Uh, and I, I kid you not, um, I, I did a lot of trainings and researches on farming, and it's not that easy. Um, it, sure, it's easy. You just throw a seed and you just wait for it to germinate. But a lot of things can happen. Pests and diseases, how to make your soil good, better, how to cultivate, how to harvest. And again, while it may be true, it kind of looks hard. It, kind, it is actually interesting for you to start your planting journey because there are a lot of avenues for you to explore other than throwing a seed in, a, in the soil and waiting for it to germinate. So yeah. So there, there there's, that's basically your ben the benefits of urban gardening. Yeah, that's interesting because I think not necessarily everybody who gets into urban gardening does it for those specific benefits. Like I know my titas, they all do hydroponics just because they got bored like a year ago at home. Yeah. 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 But it's, I, it's, it's nice. I guess in the sense that sometimes, you know, people get into something 
for another reason and yenpala are inadvertently helping the environment but like sometimes it's scary you know like certain it food plants, yeah that like people get into and they don't realize how hurtful it is like our dependency That's on like true. now like korean food products yeah with all the yeah, all of the importing and extra um carbon emissions you uh, that is true yeah as a person who's like so you know engrossed in like the food production scene here in the philippines do you, are there any food crises that you worry about them possibly impacting the environment and the world in general in a negative way well basically the number one problem when we when the pandemic happened when all the lockdowns started uh, of course i'm still at at the very heart of 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 the work i'm doing it's basically i'm a farmer and we have all the produce to get here in metro manila during the pandemic and when the lockdown happened but logistically speaking it's really hard for all the farmers to have their produce here in metro manila so we've been trying the group agripop basically is a group of young farmers we've been trying to mitigate a lot of problems in terms of uh, logistics and it's it's so nice now because uh, when the pandemic happened all of a sudden all of everyone started looking at agriculture and trying to fix all of its problems and now currently as we talk right now there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of companies really trying to focus on the logistics side of agriculture uh, on top of my head there's uma uh, there's move with initiative basically they're trying to focus in getting as many vegetables as possible from the farmers here in metro manila and to the consumers and i think Uh, this is one of the most neglected problems in terms of urban gardening and uh, making food available uh, in the communities that are actually um, required, uh, which is basically yeah, uh, the logistics. So we're trying to fix that and we're trying to look into it, zoom into it. And a lot of young farmers, a lot of the most brilliant young farmers that I know of uh, are actually looking at uh, logistics and trying to fix the problem for a lot of, uh, a lot of our farmers. Well, what what really makes me admire your work? By the way, if I haven't properly introduced myself, hi, Sir Carlo, oh, I am okay. Waki. And um, what I really admire about the Manila Grow Kids movement is the scope that it has. A lot of the problems that you mentioned, people of our age don't really take it into account. Of course, there's food security. Of course, we know that uh, planting, uh, introducing more vegetation into the environment will really help with uh, with the carbon emissions. Those thoughts really never come to our minds and we really never had an idea about how big the impact of, of this would be. So on the topic as well, on uh, food security and local foods, we, we know that you are the upcoming president of the uh, Slow Food Youth Network, correct? Yes, so, yes um, I am, in fact. So I have, a, I have a basic idea of what it is. I, I, I read online that it focuses on uh, promoting local food or, and traditional cooking. But, um, but for those who, who don't know, could you please give us an elaboration about what slow food is? And maybe, sure. maybe some of your thoughts about it as to why you're interested in it. Sure. Um, my initial experience with slow food, basically, I think a couple of years ago, three years ago, to, to, to be exact, I was invited by a group of farmers. Uh, we had this Farmers X Chef Lunch. Basically, the, the idea behind it, it was, it, it was a beautiful um, event. Uh, so the top chefs here in the country actually invited farmers, uh, farmers for a lunch. So us farmers, we brought actually uh, vegetables, produce, meat, if, if we have some. And then uh, all these chefs will actually convert them into nice food. Um, on top of my head, everyone was there. Margarita Forest's Chibo, uh, Allen of uh, 
uh, oh my God, what's this restaurant again? Some of the top chefs, basically. The objective at the time, we really didn't know what impact it would make, but it all, it all transpired in such a beautiful dialogue between producers and creators, basically, that's how we call them. And we're trying to find means and ways on how we can work together. Because I think some of you guys uh, are not really um, aware, but a lot of our chefs here in Metro Manila are actually requiring or demanding produce that is not on season from, from our farmers. And I think what happened during that lunch is basically us farmers communicating that, hey, you know what? Uh, this is what we can produce on this particular season, this particular month. Maybe you can change your recipes or maybe you can change your, your menu for it. So it, it was really a beautiful um, gathering of, of food and agriculture. And that was my first experience with slow food. And then eventually, lo and behold, um, I, I got into slow food. I've been advocating for it since, I think, two or three years ago. But basically, Slow Food Youth Network, which is I am the incoming president of, is nestled under the Slow Food International. Slow Food International basically advocates good, clean, and fair food for everybody. So this is really not naman wagdila kayo kumain ng fast food because of the slow food. Usually, yun tingin nila na parang okay pagka slow food member ka hindi nila pwede kumain ng Jolly Bear McDonald's. Very core advocacy is really trying to involve as many stakeholders in the food industry. Because means when you talk about food, ang tingin nila restaurants, ang tingin lang nila is uh, restaurants chef, yun lang. And after you have eaten your food, there are a lot of food waste, which then pinapasa natin sa mga nagkocompost. So uh, Slow Food International basically wants to gather all the stakeholders in order for people to understand that in order for you to have clean, good, and fair food, it's not going to start and end with your plate, but rather it will start with the farmers, and then you'll try to consume it. And then, of course, we push the narrative in trying to compose your food waste. Or if we're not going to compose your food waste, basically, we need to do something about your food waste. So when you try to look at Slow Food, Youth Interna a slow food International movement as a movement, it's really not just about food, but rather it is the whole ecosystem of food. Uh, but basically, the advocacy is really try to push for good, clean, and fair food. Slow Food Youth Network, on the other hand, is the more um, energetic side of Slow Food International. Because Slow Food International in itself, uh, the, the Philippine chapter, medyo matatanda yung mga nandun. So sila yung mga legit kitas. Some of them uh, own the biggest uh, restaurant chains here in Metro Manila. Uh, Margarita Forest of Chivo is part of Slow Food International. And then we, the young ones, basically are the ones trying to uh, innovate, I guess, in different activities for the Slow Food International. So just to give you an idea, Slow Food Youth Network, we have a lot of activities. Uh, there's uh, Disco Soup. Um, this is one of the biggest activities of Slow Food Youth Network Philippines. We're in, again, we call all our farmer friends and, of course, chefs. And then we convene and then we create food for the communities that we've chosen. Siyempre, yung pinipili namin are those who need support from um, uh, organizations like Slow Food International. So what we do, uh, it's really a disco gathering. I think the first, uh, the biggest was conducted uh, in Enderan. So what we do is we actually move through schools. 
So I think the biggest was in Enderan, and then we transferred to um, a, a, a Catholic school in Metro Manila. I forgot. I, I sorry, I forgot uh, the the name of the school. But basically, we try to involve youth like you guys. Uh, we invite people to help us to cook food for the communities, which is basically needed by um, those um, in those areas. Namedyo hindi masyadong properly uh, nourished by food. So that's basically Slow Food Youth Network, uh, Philippines. And currently, we have a biennial event, uh, which is uh, Terra Madre del Gusto, which involves roughly around 65 countries. And currently, since my pandemic, it is the biggest and longest running uh, event. Uh, it is actually running for almost six months up until March next year. So we have different uh, talks, different topics, different um, uh, events. We also do uh, offline, basically, feeding programs, lalo na ngayon na meron, uh, meron typhoon recently. So yeah, um, Slow Food Youth Network and Slow Food International is basically all that. Um, everything that has to do with making sure that everybody has access to clean, good, and fair food. Sorry, a mouthful. And dami sinabi ko. It's all right. I, I, think we, I think we learned a lot from that. And that got me thinking of a few things, actually, with regards to the movement. But first, sure. I hope it's all right. We'll be going on with our last question. I, we, I wish we had more time to talk. But uh, sure. um, one, one more thing I'd like to ask about the, the slow food movement. Now, I know that a big part of it is about local food and and. Make, making sure you get to feed people. But I want to know if it extends to other facets of, um, of, of, of natural health, such as is it subscribed to something like a food pyramid? Are diets still involved? Is the environment still part of the whole spectrum? Do, do you try to find a, a balance between everything? Uh, what other yeah. um, parts of health um, are affected by slow food? Are the targets of slow food in terms of, in terms of health? Yeah, I think at the very core of it, um, good, clean, and fair food for all. That's basically the mandate of the entire advocacy of, or the entire organization. That's basically their advocacy. But, you know, we, we kind of like, we've been doing, uh, we've been making sure that all programs of Slow Food International um, basically embodies whatever you just said, uh, which is healthy, good, and clean. But Siguro, just to add, we're actually more focused currently in preserving the food uh, history of a local community. So for example, here in the Philippines, we also have this thing called the Arc of Taste. The Arc of Taste basically is a program wherein we try to define and preserve as much as possible some of the most um, uh, historical recipes and uh, so ingredients here in the Philippines. So what we're trying to do is really trying to catalog. Again, um, all these activities other than the official mandate which is basically providing good clean and fair, uh, fair food for all we're also stemming on that uh, preserving the food uh, the culinary heritage basically culinary history of a particular community that slow food international is in yeah at the very core of it slow food international is really um is really in it for in providing people good, clean, and fair food for all. So I think that's the answer. So uh, thank you very much for your answer, Sir Carlo. I hope um, everyone here has learned a lot. I have learned a lot. I'm fascinated to see the scope of your passions and how, and how closely related they are. So um, to, to, to wrap things up, thank you very much for joining uh, Marty and I today and for joining our bio thank class. You. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all of the listeners for, for attending this talk. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed. And... Um, yeah, Marty, anything to say? 
Don't forget to check out our hashtag, which you can see in our album cover. Uh, it'll be linked to our exit survey and our challenge, which is a three-day meal plan that involves um, fast food alternatives and looks at different dairy alternatives too. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you everyone for having me. Bye.